everyone and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie and I'm here with my husband and co-host Jeremy. Today we are talking to Zach. Zach is a gay man who grew up in a small town in America. In this episode, he shares with us his struggle growing up without much representation around the gay community, then how moving to Orlando and working for Disney was when he was able to find his tribe and truly become himself. Uh, We also talk about his passion for entertainment and filmmaking, and at the end of the episode, he shares with us how he met his fiancée, proposed, and the wedding plan for 2022. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Zach, how are you? Good, good. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Rosie. How are you guys? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today in this episode. Uh, I reached out a few days slash weeks ago, um, and I thought it would be nice to record for you to share your story and especially to share during this month because it's Pride Month, it's June right now as we are recording. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, we thought it'd be nice to talk about your story and uh, yeah experiences you had in your life so just for everyone to know uh, Zach and I met when was that now 2019 um, during gratitude training you were one of the coaches in my part 2 and ML as well so we spent about four or five months together, <laughs> seeing each other pretty yes, regularly. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a hell of a ride. <laughs> it was a good Before time, this whole mess. Sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the, the yes. good old time when we could hugs and hug and everything every weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe we could start with, you know, some basic information. If you want to ask maybe where you come from, where did you grow up? Yeah, no worries. So um, thanks again for having me, you guys. Um, You know, I am actually originally from New England um, and I grew up in Connecticut my entire life. I went to a year of school up in Connecticut and I moved down to Florida, specifically Orlando first to work for Disney. And yeah, and What I loved about that job is that was like one of the first times um, where I really got to express myself emotionally, physically, and really like come into my own because in Connecticut, I grew up in a very small town called Putnam. It's in like the far Northeast corner. And there were like two other gay people. in the town, surrounding areas. Um, So getting mentored or having that type of example was only through, you know, like movies or TV shows. There wasn't like that real life example or mentor to kind of like help guide you through high school as a gay person, you know? Whereas with Disney, you know, I walked in um, and even college, you know, I'll say like even with college, it was, again, like the one or two gay people and it was never um, like there wasn't like a, you know, like a LGBTQ uh, like ally club at school. Yeah, nothing like that. So this was like 2009 too. Um, and but when I moved to Orlando, it was just like 
it was almost like the floodgates opened and I realized what I was missing in my life. Right. Um, and it was fantastic because I had everyone from, I would say like 60s, 70s, all the way to my age and like mm-hmm. 18 year olds working at Disney. So you got the full spectrum and you got to see and hear just, you know, different people's stories and perspectives of, you know, what they have gone through too. Um, and, you know, I will say that Disney definitely like allowed us at that time to um, like express ourselves and it was a much bigger city. I mean, I'm talking about like Orlando versus, you know, my small town of Putnam. Yeah. And um, I mean, Orlando was where I had all of like my first as like a, as like a gay male coming into myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and when you compare, <laughs> like in Connecticut, we had just this one gay club and then in Orlando there was dozens. Yeah. So to really just like compare and contrast, it was just, it was for me, it was like coming into my own as like who I am and, you know, who I identified as and um, just surrounding myself with people that would really help, you know, like guide and shape me and like help develop me into who I am today. Yeah. It's, it's interesting what you just said, uh, because I feel that's something I've heard before from a couple of friends is uh, like personally, I'd say that, you know, I, I mean, I've changed the tone, but you usually kind of, build yourself and find yourself during your teen years you know like 15 16 17 that's where you usually experiment and build your personality and and everything um and from from what you said and i've heard it before i feel maybe depending on where you grew up but because there is so much uh, stigma and so much judgment around being gay and and if you can't find a mentor or a tribe early on uh, you're building your persona a bit later in life maybe in your 20s like a few years later than maybe uh, other people that have you know different options or or, or mentor earlier and everything Mm -hmm. Um, like how, how did you feel like when you were in high school maybe younger you know when you were seeing your I don't know your friends I don't know um finding their like building their personality and everything did you feel that you were missing something like you're I don't know, missing out or something or something was missing inside you i think you know i always knew that there was something like um bubbling at the surface with me growing up and i couldn't necessarily put my finger on that it was gay mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't until my second year of high school because I actually grew up in um, like a Catholic school environment from the from fourth grade through ninth grade I was in a private school so not only was I in a a bubble of religious private school I'm also inside of that bubble I am this you know like closeted person trying to figure out my way of who I am and when I transferred to a public school in my sophomore year of high school it was like pop pop both of those bubbles Mm. and 
I will say I I regret not doing freshman year with everyone in uh, public school um, because my freshman year at the private school I went to was just not fun at all. Um, there were definitely bullies there. There were, it was like your stereotypical teen movie. Right. Um, entitled elitist people of a private school. Like it was, you know, minus the, the drugs and alcohol, but you know, it was just like <laughs> that stereotypical, those types of elitists, right? Mm. Um, whereas when I went to public school in my hometown, it was like, oh, you all live here. You all know each other. It was it was a group of people because in the private school, everyone was coming from all over the world. Um, they had international students. They had, which was great to um, like help culture myself, right? But not great when I was in a private school, and it was a very small private school from fourth to eighth grade of the same ten people in my class. Oh, right. So I went from the same ten people in my class from fourth to eighth grade to uh, hundreds of people in my freshman class all over the world. I'm like, it was just very overwhelming, I'll tell you, um, for freshman year of high school. And then it was like another step into sophomore year of trying to figure out like where I fit in through all of it. Um, and then sophomore year is when I came out um, to my friends. Um, I didn't come out to my family yet. and But they knew. I mean, they definitely knew. And um, I found like a really good best friend who was also gay. And he, he helped guide th- through, through, let me explain it this way. Like as a best friend, like he helped be a one step ahead because we're both trying to figure out, you know, who we are at 14, you know, 14, 15. Uh, he definitely helped really like, oh, this is like what we do. Like this is, you know, like what we listen to. This is, and it it, it did help. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it was like a mentor situation because he was a best friend and we were both figuring it out together. But he had come out at the age of like eight so he was completely opposite side of like where I was. So he had many years on me. Um, so it definitely helped ease the feeling inside of, oh, okay, so this is, and he was like stereotypical gay too. Um, <laughs> love him to death. Um, and um, he definitely helped um, really just give me the direction that I needed of where slowly I was going um, in life. And then obviously, you know, moved down here. And like I said, it was just like everything blew up times a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was going to say, so you, say, blah, you said you came out at like 14, 15 to your friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then how was, if you don't mind me asking, how was the process coming out to your parents? Because I'm guessing they were religious yeah. if you went to a religious school. And how was that? And, you know. So I am very grateful, first of all, because um, 
you know, both of my parents were very accepting from the beginning. And to kind of give you context of the religion in Connecticut, it's, I come from a liberal state. Um, New England is for the most part very liberal. The small town that I'm in, uh, grew up in, it it's definitely more like conservative Republican leaning, um, but they're very accepting. It's 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 very it's a very interesting dynamic. They have like more like conservative Republican, um, like I would say like politics per se, but yeah. they're very liberal in the sense of oh, if you're gay, it doesn't bother me or mm-hmm. you know like we're all still friends. <clears throat> and when I came out to them, I had already moved down to Orlando, and I was. I believe I was I was 19 at the time um, and my mother had visited Orlando and I remember saying to myself I was like oh, I don't want to turn 20 for some reason 20 was the age in my head of like <laughs> I can't do this anymore I need to tell them <laughs> and um, I remember saying I was like all right I have to tell them this is ridiculous like they're 19 years old <clears throat> I had a boyfriend at the time and I, I remember saying, like, all right, this ha- I have to say something. Like, I have to tell them. So my mom ha- was visiting, and I had her in the car, and I was freaking out. If she listens to this, she's going to crack up. <laughs> and we were in the car, and it was, it was in the middle of summer. We're both, it's like 120 degrees in Orlando. Cause you know, like there's no, you know, like ocean breeze or anything. And I'm playing with the AC. I'm freaking out. I'm playing with like all the dials in the car. She's in the passenger seat. And I was like, mom, I have to tell you something. I have to tell you something. And she's like, what? And I was like, I was like, I am gay and I like boys. (laughs) And she said, she said, okay. <laughs> she's like, you know, that's completely fine, you know, with me and I love you. And she was, you know, very supportive. Aww. And she's like, you know, we definitely, you know, knew. I'm so glad you told us. And I, like I said, I'm very grateful that I have accepting parents and that it was from the beginning that way because mm-hmm. I know that not everyone gets that experience. So yeah. I'm very, you know, aware of um, like how grateful I am in that sense and everyone in my family was very supportive every single person Um, like I said I didn't have um, that struggle in that context of coming out I have many other struggles (laughs) but not that one yeah Yeah. it's great as well that they didn't I've heard of people outing people before they're ready and it's nice that they waited until you were ready to tell them yourself rather than being like, hey, we know you're gay, you may as well tell us, if that makes sense. It was nice that they kind of just waited for you to tell them in your own time and when you were ready. I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was a theater kid too. So I was always doing theater um, at a pretty young age. So um, I am just surprised that it didn't come out sooner, to be honest with you. But it was just more of like I wasn't ready more of I just wasn't mature enough to understand what it was inside of me that I was feeling, you know? Um, so that's kind of where where I was at. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, if, if there's something I've learned from gratitude is that when we have something to share with people, like we make up so many stories in our head about how they're going to react. 
right? I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you went through so many things. Like, what is she going to say? Like, or, and, you know, and he was just, still love you, you know? He's still my son. That's cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess we matched in, like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, was, it was a really good experience. Um, I necessarily didn't have a follow-up conversation with my father. Um, we were not that close um, at that point, um, but my mom did have the conversation with my father and, you know, told him, and then I, you know, spoke to him um, a couple weeks later, and he also was very supportive of everything. Um, so he was he was the one that I was initially scared for, but he was, again, just, he was also very supportive from the get-go yeah. as well, too. Um, which is, which is, um, I understand the dynamic of, you know, parents only want what's best for their kids, right? And I understand that, um, they have this idea of who their child is, you know, because they who is going to become. Exactly. Um, and I think what ends up happening, especially when parents get disappointed, or have a sour reaction. I think it's it could be multi-pronged, but I think a lot what happens is they have this this dream of who they didn't get to be as a kid, and so they 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 really like project all of what they want in their dreams onto a child, and when that unrealistic expectation doesn't fall through, is when they they just react in a way that is not compassionate or loving and supportive to who their you know child is. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if I were to give any advice to a parent in that situation, um, I would say just listen and be accepting and be grateful that you have a strong enough relationship with your child that they feel safe enough to say that to you and that if you need support there are plenty of groups out there including pflag that can definitely help and support and guide you through that process yeah definitely i guess i mean having the people that you love being there for you can totally I mean, and not having them can also take you on such a different path that can, I mean, destroy your life, I guess. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's so much important, like you said. Something interesting uh, someone told me was, and I'd like you to share your experience, so nice. As a gay man, I mean, it's true for even women or whatever, is you don't, you're not coming out once. You actually come out every time you meet someone pretty much mm-hmm. uh, that was something i've never mm-hmm. thought about before yeah. i had this conversation with someone i was like oh damn yeah actually like because everyone is w- when you're in a group of friends or whatever like oh yeah like what's your wife i don't know oh no actually that's my husband or like there's so many times little moments in life where you're gonna have to come out again and again and again and again that's something i've never thought about yeah um and all i can say is it gets a little bit easier each time um and there were times when my friends would introduce me as oh this is um my gay best friend zach (laughs) and i 
I would get very upset with that. Um, and it wasn't necessarily because it wasn't true. It was just that I am your friend, Zach. It's not necessary. I'm not, I'm not, you know, like you don't introduce anyone else. Oh, this is my straight friend, yeah. you know, yeah. like yeah. Jeremy. Like this isn't how we do this. And um, I definitely had to have that conversation a couple of times as well. And I mean, even to this day, um, like um, I have this personal trainer who is just like a, a total machista in Spanish. That's like a toxic masculinity guy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he he is, um, I mean, a hot mess, for lack of a better word. I don't care if he's listening to this. But, you know, <laughs> I've, I, I've told him this. Um, you know, he will even, like, make, like, um, side comments. Oh, oh, Zach, you know, like, everyone's here. You know, like, okay, like, Zach, you know, it's all guys here. Like, don't worry. You know, like, you'll be cool. Like, he'll make, like, little side comments like that. And I have to tell him, like, what are you saying right now? Like, what is, what is going on? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to lie and say, like, every single day everyone's going to be so accepting and inviting and, you know, open to this idea. And I think it's just about educating people and showing compassion and love, but also keeping people in check about where your boundaries are too in that process yeah i was like that to be honest i re- i this one thing when you said that i remember like it's something i've shared before but i i grew up in a really like homophobic environment i've been told all the stuff you don't want to hear about gay people i've heard them i've been told that by my parents growing up like mm-hmm. so it took me a lot of years to change and and change this narrative <laughs> but I, I remember like as a teenager when i was going clubbing when i was like 18 19 20 i remember once going to a gay club in perpignan like in small town first time i was making all those bullshit story like i'm i was terrified i was like oh my god they're gonna tramp on me someone is gonna try to i, I I was coming up with all those bullshit, like, because that's mm-hmm. the way I was being, like, I, I, I was conditioned to think that, you know, like, those men or, I've, I've been told, like, you know, it's a illness or, like, all the crap that you probably heard many times. Like, yeah. That's the way I grew up. So I was, like, terrified going in this club. I, I, that's something I really remember. Um, and as soon as my friend wanted to go, I, I went, I was like, yeah, done. Um, yeah, that's, there's so much... And it's all about ignorance. It's what you said. It's just educating people. And and mm-hmm. it's education from a young age. And, and Yes. And I'll tell you, um, you know, when I was a kid, I was an, I was an altar boy. Um, and it and that's the thing that I always think about is and I believe that this is a situation by situation basis, but um, to also give you more context, my mother is the principal of the Catholic school that I went to oh. um, growing up. and um, But there was never... Let me put it this way. If I had fully recognized that I was gay, I would have come out at a much earlier age too. Because it was a safe environment to do that. Um, and I'm not sure that it would have been as safe in the church down the street you know mm-hmm. but i'm saying that in that church with that school that i grew up in yes as my mother is the principal of that school um but even as me as an altar boy i would not have had a problem coming out 
if I had come to terms with who I was at an earlier age um, as well. Yeah. What do you mean by... Do you mean that you didn't have the word to express that you you you, you said like you know that something was bubbling inside you, mm -hmm. but you you like you didn't have the the word because you're just too young because you didn't know maybe that because also it's it's interesting because you didn't have many gay friends or even just without friends like many gay in the community around you was that something that maybe you didn't like. You suspected it was that, but you weren't sure that you were gay. Like what? Yeah. Well, and also, the the late nineties, early two thousands, right? Well, two thousand four, right? I was like fourteen. So the early two thousands, right? I there was no gay entertainment, like as far yeah. as like TV shows or characters depicted in movies other than Sex in the City. And I didn't have HBO, okay? So there was no HBO <laughs> or Showtime or any premium channel like that happening. So, and the internet, you know what I mean? Like you could only yeah. get so much education from yeah. the internet. Yeah, that was pre-YouTube, pre-Facebook, pre-everything exactly. we have now, so yeah. Exactly, and you know, I'll be super honest, like if there, was anything on the internet it was more sexually based than yeah. actual education based for you know who i was to become um yeah. so um like i said i i just couldn't identify what it was um necessarily like going on inside of me but i knew that something was you know like a little bit different um and i experimented you know like i had a girlfriend you know like my first kiss was with a girl mm -hmm. and um I definitely tried to navigate what was the feeling going on, but I will say, looking back on it, you know, like when I had like my like first girlfriend or whatever, I I definitely had a girlfriend because I thought that that was what I was supposed to do. Um, because everyone else in high school had a girlfriend and everyone else was doing all of these things. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is like how I should be conforming to society. Like I need to have a girlfriend. I need to, you know, like go out on dates and, you know, have her over to the house and, you know, like try all of these things that people talk about, you know what I mean? You know how teenagers are, you know? Yeah. So it's, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I need to experiment, I need to try this. I need to do all of these things just to kind of like come into my own and figure out what what's going on. Um, so yeah. yeah so moving to Orlando like you said you break the bubble and you you, you really found yourself uh, you, you were able to express yourself which is I think a beautiful way to say it um, and yeah so from what you said from what I understood the environment was way better for you to grow and, and blossom and and shine and be who you were, right? Yeah, even um, when I moved to Orlando, um, my first roommates, two of them were gay. So that just gives you context of where I was to what I walked into the first day. I'm sharing a room and I had to live at these Disney apartments, which were three bedroom apartments with six people living in them. <laughs> so just two people per bedroom, it was like that. Um, but it was a great experience because I got to meet 
all of these, you know, different types of people internationally, domestically, everywhere. And it was great to see other gay people um, and not just the one type of gay person that I already knew. You know, that's where I really understood like, oh, like being gay is like a spectrum. I don't need to act or dress this one way. I can do whatever I want or dress however I want or say or act. And, you know, I I just don't have to be that cookie cutter, you know, like um, femme, right? Like that more femme type of gay because that's all in in 2000 and you know five six seven that's really all that you saw on tv it's really all that you saw you know like the stereotypical femme acting gay person um so when i moved to orlando and i saw all of these different types i was like oh wow this is this is amazing and um it's just so different um and it wasn't overwhelming actually it was really exciting um you must have been a relief because you could just be yourself. You didn't have to become someone else or like change who you were. You could just yeah. be you. Well, yes. And um, remember at the time, I still hadn't come out to my parents. So <clears throat> it was like moving halfway across the country, right? My friends knew. It was just for some reason my family. I didn't tell my family, but they knew, right? Yeah. And it was just like walking in. It was... It was just amazing. I mean, the only way I can explain it is when um, Dorothy, you know, in The Wizard of Oz goes from black and white and she opens the door and it's like full Technicolor. That's the only way that I can actually like visualize what happened in my mind. It was like something turned mm-hmm. on and everything was in color. Um, and I loved it. I lived in Orlando um, from 2009 to 2016. Um, and I loved it and I got to live with so many different types of people, gay, straight, bi, and, um, working with all different types of people as well. Um, and it really supported me into just like figuring out, you know, who I was and what I wanted and, um, really like who I am today. Yeah. What did you do at Disney? Because you said you were a theatre kid. <laughs> yeah. Did you do, what were you doing? Were you dressed up as an animal or something? I don't know. Uh, yes, actually. Um, ah! So, yeah. So, um, I got to, I was like in the entertainment department. So, I got to, um, we called it Be Friends with a Goofy. And ah! um, like Mr. Incredible, um, The Beast, um I got to be friends with like pirates and all of these really cool mm-hmm. people. Um, you know, Mary Poppins, I got to be friends with Bert, you know, like Dick Van Dyke style. It was just, so that was also another side, right? Because I grew up, you know, acting in theater and it was just another form to express myself. Mm-hmm. So it, it really helped kick the kick it into first gear whatever the saying is but kick it into high gear into um seeing what else was possible in Mm. in my life and it was amazing that's all i can say about it it was just an amazing time in my life and figuring out what was going on and it was amazing that sounds like so much fun (laughs) 
<laughs> it was. It really was. It was, you know, I always tell people it's like, um, it was almost like uh, my first year of college. I just, I describe working at Disney as college because, <laughs> and there's no, and listen, I completely understand why people work there for the rest of their life. It is an amazing experience. Um, but, you know, working for the Disney college program, you don't have, you don't get paid that much at all. And people don't do it for the pay. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. People do it because yeah. it is an amazing lifestyle and you get a lot of satisfaction and validation because you're constantly pleasing others and they're really happy and pleasing. And there's like that exchange of like really happy energy, especially in the entertainment, you know, you're, you know, giving, giving, giving as these characters. And then like when you get the energy back, it's, 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 it's really a really good, like reciprocal, especially like little kids, you know, like they love, you know, it's, it's a really, really great experience. And then if you have, you know, any background in theater, it's like chef's kiss, you know, it's just the cherry on top of, you know, I get to work for Disney and I am goofy. And it was also a full circle moment because I have, I'll, I'll send you the picture, you know, when I would go to um, Disney as a kid, like I had a picture, there's a picture um, of me with Goofy when I was oh. six, six or something like that, uh, six or seven. And so now I have a picture, you know, of me um with it too so (laughs) yeah yeah it was just like a really good full circle moment for me as well so i have another question did you were you like goofy for a while and then you were someone else for a while or would you like change day by day yeah it goes day by day so you know one day you could be one person at a specific place in a park and then the next be doing completely something else um some people have a steady schedule but um you're you're i would say for the most part you're kind of like all over the place because with you know it's like 20,000 people work at Disney, you know? It's a very specific, wow. it's very operational. The whole thing is very operational. Um, all the way from clocking in to parking to getting your costume. It's very <laughs> operational. And it, I get it. It has to be because it's be, so yeah. much. It's just so much. It's very overwhelming. Um, hmm. And that was another thing, um, you know, popping the stereotypical corporate massive conglomerate of that is the Disney company and seeing, you know, oh my God, like I went from like this theater kid just doing, you know, like these like little school plays to this um, and then figuring out where I fit with that as far as like my career went, you know? So it was just another eye-opening experience that I'm very grateful for. So, so you were in Disney for seven years. Why did you leave? What was the... Like- yeah, so I got an opportunity um, to work for Royal Caribbean. Um, and um, I worked for Royal Caribbean doing one of their cruise ships for just like one contract. Um, oh, and I was saying earlier, sorry, I don't mean to tell you what I was saying earlier. You know, I described working at Disney like college because... It was a situation where I would never do it again. Let me put it that way, because <laughs> it was, you know, it was amazing while I did it, but you know, you know, the pay isn't much. And Bob Iger, if you're listening to this for whatever reason, you need to pay your employees some more because this is <laughs> this is this is ridiculous. You know, um, those cast members work so hard to make your day when you're there the best possible experience that it can be. I mean, every single time you go to Disney. It's a very consistent 
um, experience yeah. and you know the hard work that goes into that for the pay that they get um, is you know I just believe they should be paid more and I still have all my friends that still work there so you know I know how much they make and all that so yeah. but anyway I would describe it like college you know you do it once and then you won't do it again you yeah. know but it was an amazing experience <laughs> while you did it yeah. yeah exactly it was an amazing experience while you got to do it um, so what were we saying? What was your question? <laughs> Why did you leave? Yeah, Royal Caribbean. Yeah, Royal oh, Caribbean. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. So, yeah, so I worked for Royal Caribbean doing um, DreamWorks. So, um, like Shrek, the Madagascar movies. Mm. Um, so I got to do those characters for the cruise ship. And then after I was done working for the cruise ship, I had a crazy life moment where I was saying, like, what am I doing? Like, I can't life isn't attainable economically with me doing this um, because you were, I was not getting paid, you know, well at all. Um, and I just remember thinking like, what am I going to do? Like, what what is happening here? Um, and so I got a job at Starbucks, right? Because my best friend at the time was like, oh, I'm working at Starbucks, I can get you a job. I was like, oh, okay, all right. So I got a job working at Starbucks. One thing led to another. I got a job working for, you know, another retail brand and then another retail brand. And then within two years, I was working um, as like a supervisor for Kiehl's. I don't know if you guys heard of Kiehl's or whatever. And um, they had this opening in Boca for an assistant store manager. And I was like, oh, you know, like that actually sounds really fun. I love Orlando, but no, I think I'm ready to just try something new, you know. And I was like, it's South Florida. Like that sounds really cool. Like Miami, right? Like, that's what I'm thinking in my head. And so I took it and I moved down here again, you know, like moved everything and just moved down to South Florida. And that was something obviously I don't regret because, you know, now I met, you know, like my fiance and, you know, we're getting married next year and it's been amazing. Um, and again, just a different type of, um, I don't want to say different type, but just another bubble popped of the type of gay people that you see. And um, down here, there's Wilton Manor, right? Because... In, in Orlando, there's gay clubs, but there's not necessarily, like, a, a gay neighborhood like there is in, like, San Francisco, right? Like, with the Castro District. And it was more just, like, these clubs that are um, gay or they're straight and have, like, a gay night. Um, and there was, when I was living in Orlando, there was, like, three or four. Um, and now there's only one because you know like we've had over the years like you know like so many had to shut down and then the pandemic caused you know like parliament house p house to shut down so now they really only have like one you know southern nights um which is an amazing club in orlando and um when i moved down here there's literally like a gay a gay town and it's called wilton manors and there was you know um a gay mayor at the time and it it was amazing to just see a town that is predominantly um gay with all of their businesses they have all of like their clubs and bars in one area so it was just another way to feel safe mm. um 
and um, it was like I said, just like another bubble popped of oh my gosh, like I get to you know like see more and more gay people. I get to go to all these different you know like clubs and just experience more and more and more, um, which is you know something. I also got to experience in Orlando, but on a different level, you know, like I would say like for the most part, me and our friends would always go to, you know, like Pulse nightclub. Yesterday was the fifth anniversary of um, the, you know, like the tragedy of Pulse, but um, all my memories of Pulse and I think everyone can attest to that is um, the best times at Pulse. It was such a great place of acceptance. And I don't know if either of you have ever been to a gay club, but it is the epitome of acceptance and um, just, there's really just, I can only explain it, it's like there's just a lot of love in the room, okay? Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember the first time I walked into a gay club and it was just that experience of, oh my God, I get to be whoever the hell I want to be and everyone is just like, all right, let's dance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I just don't care. And like, I, I've been obviously as a straight person as well. And they're just like, are you gay? And I'm like, no, I'm straight. And they're like, okay, cool. Do you want to drink? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, it's not like, oh, you don't belong here. Or there's no, mm. like, it's just everyone's accepted no matter who you are, what you wear, what you drink, whoever you dance with or make out with. or what, Like, you're just, let's just have fun together. And it doesn't even matter at all. It's just the best the best night exactly yeah it's i would recommend thing, though. yeah it's i would recommend everyone yeah. to, to, oh sorry no you can go ahead no no it's just like some when, when you said that something like when i mean i don't know but like yeah i feel if maybe a a gay person goes to a straight slash like classic club and somehow people find out this person is gay he's gonna get shit like by a bunch of people not by everyone but he's gonna get maybe some trouble by a bunch of dickheads or, or whatever. When yeah, going when the other way, like n no one is gonna judge you if you go in a gay club. Like, and I wonder if because I wonder if it's like because gay people, the gay community has been judged so much in the history that those are safe space. It's like no judgment here. Like, be who you wanna be. I wonder if it's, yeah, I don't know. And I think yeah, it just stems from. You know, there's also a saying that in the gay community, you get to choose, you know, your family, right? You get to choose like your second family. And I think that there's always that one thing in common with, you know, in the community is um, everyone is just, you know, here to accept who they are and everyone's welcome. Yeah. Um, and because we've all gone through some type of, that's just the one Thing in common that we all have is we have gone through some type of struggle some much more than others 100 percent um just some type of struggle of identifying who we are and coming out and even if you haven't come out like it's totally cool because here you're loved anyway and yeah. let's just dance and have a good time because you know those straight bars down the street play shitty music anyway so here <laughs> let's have a good time and dance <laughs> yeah that's a good point it's always good music in a gay club. Somehow, I don't know why, but that's true. Yeah. And the cheapest drinks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, and also like, I get this. Also, like, so much rejection. Like, gay people has been rejected so much uh, in the history, and, and and sadly, I mean, everyone is not. Yeah, I guess 
most gay people experience rejection at some point yeah from someone maybe it's not family but either some friends or jobs or things so i guess that's something else also is he not going to be rejected here we are welcoming you as you are exactly and i think um rejection and acceptance go hand in hand um because with with rejection you know because I think there is a lot of stigma in the community about, you know, like drugs and alcohol. And I think um, a lot of people don't have the support that they need when they get that type of rejection, um, especially if it's from, you know, like your mom, dad, guardian, whoever. Um, so, you know, a lot of people just easily can turn to, you know, drugs and alcohol. And that's another thing that's very supportive in the community is um, getting the support that you need when you do, you know, have those types of, um, like, I don't want to say like disorders, but you know, like the mental illness that comes with it and, um, just mental health overall, mental health overall. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that, that's true on a global scale in a society Like we, we have, we are very ignorant and yeah uneducated about how to deal with people with any kind of mental health like just depression or anxiety or everything we we don't know anything about it so yeah Yeah, it's crazy to think i remember no one was even talking about it at least when i was a preteen teenager you know it was like oh you have anxiety what is that (laughs) yeah. <laughs> right yeah, yeah. just I'm like, like okay. be strong you know man yeah like, figure I, I remember out. seeing i remember seeing the the one commercial for some depressive drug and it was like that cartoon do you remember the, the one it was like a cartoon with like bubble people and it was i just remember that just being the oh okay so if you just feel sad you just take a pill hmm and I just remember thinking, like, that doesn't make any sense, but okay, whatever. Again, just another way of society telling you, take this, do this, yeah. conform that way. Um, and I think it's great that, you know, we're now in an age where, you know, we're talking about mental health and just a very positive and there's, it's, we're talking about it and there's no charge and when we're talking about it it's just very neutral in the way that we talk about it as well yeah mm. yeah we've got way more tools now to, mm-hmm. to 100% yeah 100% um you so you left the entertainment world uh mm-hmm. yes. to go a more classic route um yes yes and, and now I'm back in it <laughs> I was gonna say now you're back at it um, yes yeah, it's interesting. Did you, I mean, apart from, so I understand you were getting paid like nothing. So there was like a financial issue. And at some point, I mean, that's, that, that, that there is, that's a problem. Um, that was the only reason you went to a more normal path? Or was it also because of the cliche of, you know, all those creative, entertaining job are not going to get you anywhere in life. This is not a real job or I don't know, all those bullshit we keep hearing. Yeah, 100%. It was uh, that. Um, But I will say working in Orlando, when you're surrounded by entertainment industry, you know, standards, um, it felt like it was a lot easier to get one of those jobs. 
but it's not it's very hard because it's just audition after audition but that's anywhere in the entertainment world um and a lot of the people in entertainment in the parks they do that you know no offense but you know they're going to do that till they retire um and not to say they don't love it not to say they don't love it at all but it's 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 hard because unless someone quits or retires um there's not a lot of availability in those Mm -hmm. jobs um so for me it was just like all right you know i need to get it together and whatever that meant to me at that time um and i just did what i thought was going to be right like you know this isn't working for me i can't be making nine dollars an hour forever i have to you know figure out how to make money you know and so yeah i followed you know the retail life and um I am grateful because again, it, it it ended up where I am today. And if I hadn't have taken a job at Keels and I wouldn't have moved down here and I wouldn't have met, you know, yeah. Piero. So there's that piece of it. Um, and, you know, I'm getting back into it because I decided to go back and finish school. And, you know, when I went back to school, I thought that I was going to do business. So I, did, I had like a business major and then, um, after I finished, I'd already done like accounting classes and all those like hard classes. And um, after a while, I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. It was during gratitude, actually, that I decided. Um, I I really love videos and I love directing and I love the entertainment side of it. I was like, I want to do this. Like, what am I? What the hell am I waiting for? So that's when I went back to school. And um, you know, I'm a film major, graduate next year, and then hopefully I'm going to do grad school and. Um, you know, direct some more movies and, you know, make the stuff that I really, really want to. I just like telling, I really enjoy telling stories at this point now. Um, I'm taking a couple script writing classes and I'm just um, slow and steady, right? Because I think in this industry, it's very uh, hard as it is. So I'm not necessarily putting any high expectations on myself. I am just going day by day, doing what I really like. That's all. Can you tell us a little bit more about the project series? Yeah. So <clears throat> the project series is a YouTube channel that I created because I wanted just a way to share all of the projects that I wanted to do. And I didn't want it to fit any type of specific category. You know, I remember thinking if I want to tell a horror film, I want to tell a horror film. And if I want to do a documentary on a trans man, I'm going to do that too. And who the hell is anyone else to tell me that I can't do it all? That's really (laughs) where it came from. So I just came up with the name Project Series because I was naming all of my projects in in um, Adobe Project 001, Project 002. <laughs> that's how that's literally how the name came up. And I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I couldn't I couldn't I, I really couldn't like put a name to my projects. I have a hard time um, figuring out titles to projects. That's just like a thing. It's like the last thing that I think of. Um, so that's kind of how the name came to be. And um, so I reached out to my friend Jazz and um he was you know transitioning at the time and i said hey do you want to 
film this? Do you want to have this, you know, time stamped in your life? You know, I'd love to do it in a real authentic way with, you know, no bullshit. And let's get down to the nitty gritty. And he was really accepting of it, really cool about the whole thing. I thought he would say no. And it was a really, really special time. And um, I edited and we filmed the whole thing and the first part came out and I still have, I mean, I still have an hour at least left of footage to go through and sift through and um, I think he'll be really happy with what has come to be. So I'm really, I'm really happy about telling his story, right? But um, just having, because, here's the thing, right? Because I grew up and there wasn't any type of gay idol or gay entertainment other than, you know, like I said, Sex and the City, HBO, Showtime, you know, all the adult entertainment at night. <laughs> there was no, there wasn't anything like that. So I really enjoy putting more content hmm. that young people can look at that um, maybe they see themselves, you know, in jazz. They don't necessarily have to be, a, you know, transitioning to identify with the stories of acceptance and rejection and compassion. You mm. don't have to be trans to identify with any of those stories. Um, and um, that's just where I'm at. Like, I just want to tell stories that I want to tell. And I don't want to be put into a box of what type of story I should be told to tell either. I hate when directors get told, oh, you're really good at, you know, like doing this type. You should continue doing yeah. that. It's like, no, like I just want to tell whatever story I want to tell. And I think actors get that all the time. You know, like that's why you see a comedian do comedy for so long. And when they try to do a drama, they're like, what are they doing? Like, that's yeah. dumb, you know? Yeah, yeah it's like, so no, hard it's to like get rid of this label. Yeah, so. exactly. So my idea is, you know, before I get like a big break, I'm going to make so many different categories of content that they're going to be like, well, where, where do we land? <laughs> it's like, well, I land where I want to land. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it like this video, um, was so good in the sense that also like, like you said, there's no bullshit. It's so real and authentic the way you filmed it. And, and also, I mean, the way you two were talking and I mean, you know, uh, he really opened his door to, to you and to your camera, like being super yeah. about, you know, like his body and the injection. Like, I mean, that was mm -hmm. real. That was like yeah. stuff yeah. I've never seen before. Yeah. So seeing he had the hormone shots right there yeah there. like it's, it's not the, just seeing like the pretty stuff he's seeing like the real things mm -hmm. exactly and that's another thing like i i don't like um inauthenticity i don't like um just overall people being fake or you know fluffing it up right mm -hmm. you know like life is real and i don't like it when i don't want to say i don't like it but i don't i i try to veer away from when I'm, you know, looking at stories and watching films, I don't like it when they land on this, like, perfect, everyone's so happy at the end. <laughs> yeah. Because that's not who, that is not life. Yeah. That is not, you know, what we're going, and I, like I said, like, my my vision of doing these stories is to tell the story so that other people can get inspired and other people can have something to relate to. And there's nothing relatable about a perfect, life. perfect ending, you know what I mean? Or a perfect <laughs> ending, you know? Um 
sure, it's awesome when it happens, you know what I mean? But it's just not, it's, it's not as relatable as seeing, you know, a trans man take their home run shot. It's not as relatable as hearing, you know, um, the struggle and strife of having to raise a child that is your wife's child, you know, that <clears throat> came to be from, you know, a external relationship. So it's it's some really raw and, you know, hard stuff to, to process, but that is life. I mean, that happens all the time. So yeah. it's just it's just a way of, you know, telling that story. So other people, like I said, other people can relate and other people can just visualize, you know, themselves in some type of way. That's all I want. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to help so many people as well. Because like we were saying earlier, when we were children, there wasn't YouTube, there wasn't TikTok or Instagram or particularly Google much I mean there what I mean I don't even know when Google started but I mean there wasn't kind of the access to there is now and podcasts and everything now there's so much information on so many different things and everybody can be their own tv show basically and talk about whatever they want to talk about and there's so much information yeah. on YouTube about trans and gay rights and black lives matter just so many different things are covered by so many different people you get so many different points of view rather than just one news source so I think it's incredible that you're now doing this work to help people tell their stories, but also to help other people relate to that or even just learn something completely new if they don't relate at all. It's incredible that you're now doing, I guess, what you wish you'd had when you were a kid. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And um, specifically, because I do think that, you know, in 2021, we do see a lot of content with um, gay characters and, you know, film star gay people and all of this. But, you know, I'm still just trying to, you know, exactly like put out stories that I didn't get to see as a kid. And maybe if I had seen them, I would have been able to, you know, just come out a little bit earlier. That's all, you know. Um, yeah. So that's just, yeah, that's just like my way of, <clears throat> I guess, like giving back um, of getting the fulfillment that I want. Because I think like at the end of the day, like we're, we're. We're doing what we love because like there's a passion for it and we get some type of, you know, like reciprocal back. So that's what I'm doing for it. I've got a question. Um, I think we hear often about the struggles of being gay as a young person, uh, young adult. We don't hear often the struggles about being gay maybe as an adult, a grown adult living, you know, normal life, like doing adult stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What are the main struggles you think, like, I mean, at now in your life uh, as a gay man and maybe in a gay relationship about to get married also? Because that, I mean, that was talked about <laughs> for a while. So Yeah. Um, I think the... You know, I think a lot for for me necessarily, I don't necessarily have a struggle with um, people seeing who I am, that I am like a gay male, you know, in a, you know, committed relationship. I think um, I, I really feel grateful. I have to say, I, I don't necessarily think I have... Um, the struggle that other people do as far as, you know, like not being accepted. Um, but I will say, I do know, you know, 
people that had full-blown relationships and marriages and kids and then you know they come out as gay um and i think we're seeing a lot of that too just because you know again like society was telling us one thing and we were just going with it and now it's it's more like they can't live with the you know who they actually are um or well they can't live with the idea that this is you know like this is what has happened because they couldn't you know come out earlier um so i'm happy for all of those people absolutely um and i wish i i you know i even struggled with this i was talking to pierre last night like i I was telling him i was like i was you know like oh i don't know like if i have like a lot of struggles to share with you know like jeremy rosie about you know like what i've necessarily like gone through um because i did have an accepting family and i did have you know a really really good support group when it came to those types of um conversations um but i'm also very aware and understanding that that is not the case at all for everyone um so i think right now um i don't necessarily give a fuck i'm sorry if i'm cursing but i don't necessarily give a fuck if um people don't like me because I'm gay and and I have struggled with that I'm not gonna sit here and be like oh you know I don't care yeah. we all care <laughs> we all care about what people think and um, for me it's um, just slowly chipping away at that iceberg of not allowing other people to influence you know who I am how I think and where I get my validation from I think that's a beautiful message in a sense because I mean from from what you say what i'm getting is if you have the right people around you and the right environment your life will be easier you might not go through so many struggles uh, so choose your circle wisely if you can you know and, and that's yeah. gonna help tremendously yeah i i definitely agree um and you know, you're going to find people along the path that don't fit. And, you know, it's just about finding the people that do and sticking with those people is what I would say. Um, and I wish that there was some type of way to just, you know, snap your fingers and make all of the, <laughs> you know, like the pain, the rejection, the sadness, the depressive states, the, you know, the anxiety, all of that go away. And, you know, of course, there's, you know, like they're saying, it gets better. And it does. It really does. I mean, I never would have thought that I would be, you know, almost married, you know, <laughs> um, in a out and proud and loving relationship through like where I am today, you know, even on like Facebook, you know, like we take like... I, I wish people would understand, like, we take for granted, you know, like, even sharing, like, photos on Facebook and saying, like, oh, you know, like, you look so handsome, love you so much. Like, those little things, you know, would not have happened, you know, a decade ago even. Um, and I think, you know, um, it's just crazy to, to see now, like, you know, when you go through your feed, you know, all of these amazing, you know, like relationships and you're seeing all these different types of people. And it's just like a, 
a rainbow essentially of colors and expressions and um, personalities and you just get to kind of like see it all right um, so while I do think you know social media is a trigger for a lot of people I do think that it it, it is a great way to connect with other people as well too oh yeah 100% yeah. 100% yeah because like especially you're when the you don't know what's going through you know yeah that and, and and when you grew up like you said before in a small town and you have mm-hmm. no no one to relate to well that's I wish that's I had I mean, that growing yeah. up. I'm serious. I wish I really do. I mean, if I, you know, had those types of resources, it would be so much easier, right? Because because now, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can go on like the hookup apps and all of that to like, you know, like, you know, find what you're looking for. But, you know, there wasn't any of that. There was no social network to, yeah. it was like, oh yeah, my uncle's guy. It's like, okay. It's like, yeah. it's like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, I'm trying to, you know, like find my tribe, trying to find my people, you know, um, and just hear more about what they've gone through too. Um, and that's, like I said, like that's where Disney came in, you know, hearing from, you know, like the older generations about like their struggles and what they've gone through too, um, mm. to kind of like get to where we are today. Did you always want to get married? Was that like something you've always dreamed of? Um, yes, I remember being in eighth grade thinking, oh, I'll be married with kids way before 30, you know, mm-hmm. um, but in eighth grade, I was, you know, I remember thinking like, oh, I'll have like a wife and kids. Yeah. And, um, and then when I moved to Orlando, that's when I actually thought like, oh, wow, like this actually might be possible. You know, this, mm-hmm. um, and then, um, getting into like those first couple of relationships, like finding your footing about what it should look like versus like what you're trying to do because, because it's, it's, there's no, there is literally no handbook and no example of what a gay relationship should look like. Um, and of course at the end of the day, a relationship is a relationship and I shouldn't be putting, you know, the stamp of gay versus straight relationship, but it is, it's harder. And it's, and it's just figuring out, you know, like, can we hold our hand in public here? Like, is it a safe space? Like, is it, you know, like, do we just need to act normal, you know, going into Publix or, you know what I mean? How many people do you see walking on the street, couples holding their hands? You know what I mean? Like, can I do that here? Is that, is that, you know what I mean? Because the last thing you want is to be, you know, like, bullied or you know god forbid just something more violent happened so that's constantly um in the back of minds for a lot of people i think too especially like where they are you know so i was actually going to ask you that but i was nervous to ask honestly so i'm like i'm glad you said that I was nervous don't be nervous ask, ask like, whatever you want i'm, I'm well i know it is you know like as a straight person it's something that i don't ever consider like oh is it safe for me to hold jeremy's hand is it safe for me to kiss him it's, it doesn't even enter my mind so i didn't want to ask you and be super ignorant and be like does that ever do you know what i mean but yeah like i guess you have to kind of analyze the situation of where you are who's around you is it safe for me to hold their hand is it safe for me to kiss them is it safe for me to do any of these things and it's just things that as straight people like literally doesn't even cross my mind and I'm like it's bad for me to say that and like I can't even imagine putting myself in your situation having to constantly have that in my mind of being like am I safe here can I do what I want to do I don't have to pretend to be 
not gay for a moment because there's certain people that I'm nervous around. Or I don't know. It's just yeah, it's, it's, it definitely don't... can throw you for a loop. Yeah, it can really throw you for a loop. I remember the first time I held <clears throat> um, like a boy's hand in public. It was at Disney, and um, again, it was yes. A million loving people all in the world at Disney, but a million people from all around the world, international, and I remember getting so many looks, oh my gosh. So, um, but at the end of the day, I knew that it was a safe space because it was Disney, right? Like, no one's yeah. going to throw hands or say anything at Disney, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, <clears throat> I don't necessarily think of, oh, is this a safe place now? Um, and I think that's just because society has progressed tremendously and um i just don't think it matters as much anymore um where i live you know like i'm not gonna say that you know i don't know like people may live i don't know somewhere in the deep south or a really really small town where that's just you know people will give you the looks and people will you know like may even say something or do something um so Again, I, I don't want to be naive, but I, I'm aware of, you know, like the luxury of where I am, you know, in South Florida and, you know, the yeah different cultures and where we are. And all that. Mm. No, yeah. Once again, yeah, we're coming back to yeah, the environment because, I mean, in my, in, in my hometown in France, where I am right now, I don't think that's as safe as it is as in Miami to be honest oh, no, I mean sure. I would not so yeah it's I mean yeah things are moving and, even, and everything but yeah and even some countries yeah. you'll get arrested you know and thrown in jail for doing that just yeah. for holding yeah. hands with another you know guy so yeah. it's you know it 100% is the environment um, and I'm you know very grateful to you know be in South Florida where you know it is um, the, it's, it's depending on the environment the society around you it's really what it comes down to. Yeah. So we're talking about you being gay and we're talking about you getting married next year. Uh-huh. Talk to me about how you met him. Talk to me about wedding plans. Talk to me about <laughs> all of yeah, that. So I need the gossip. <laughs> um, so we met on um, like a gay dating app. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really interesting how our stories kind of like collide because there were so many different points in our lives individually where we almost crossed. Mm. Um, when I was moving to South Florida, he was actually moving to Orlando. And for whatever reason, his situation didn't work out and he ended up staying. And he also was working at the mall that I worked at. Um, he was working like for guest um, relations. and. Uh, like concierge and I was, you know, working for Kiehl's and he quit that job the week that I started the job. Okay. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. And, um, his, um, ex-boyfriend dated my ex-boyfriend. So it was, and, and his, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's was like just movie. so many, yeah. I plan on making it one day, I do, yeah. I do. Um, so it's just crazy 
You were meant to meet. How many times? Yeah, I do. I do have this idea of like what fate should look like, but it's um, it's crazy how there were just so many times that it was. You know, it's just crazy to me. Like talk about a small world, and and so we. um, I had messaged him. I remember I got out of a haircut in Wilton Manors, and. He was working in Fort Lauderdale, and I saw him on the app, and I was just like, God, this guy's so freaking hot. I want to say hi to him. And I um, I started talking to him, and then we talked on the phone for, like, um, a really long time. I think it was that night or the, the day after, and we talked on the phone for a really long time. And so I asked him out, um, just kind of a casual date to go see a movie. Um, and... We went to Bar Louie in Coconut Creek, and then we went and saw um, a movie afterwards. And, you know, it's crazy because I did not see myself getting into any type of relationship at that time, you know? Um, And really, it just kind of came out of nowhere. It was not... I'll be honest, and we both say this to each other. It was not love at first sight kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, this is really cool and interesting. This is this is different. This is something that we both like hadn't experienced before. Um, You know, but especially for me, I had not been in any type of like long term, um, like committed relationship where he had had that experience, and. Coming into it, I was super scared, super terrified of what, you know, it was supposed to look like and um, it being like the, the the first real long-term committed relationship. That was another, you know, struggle of this chapter in my life. Um, but it has been an amazing five years, I have to say, you know, like we are the complete opposites of one another, um, which keeps it so interesting. It's so funny. We're total opposites, but we're also um, the same in a lot of things. Um, but picking a movie on Netflix between the two of us, forget it. Forget oh my it. God, we're we have exactly to... the same. <laughs> we, we're the same. We are exactly the same. Like we, we've been, you know, you hear so many times, right? those things about like oh what do you two have in like we have nothing in common neither like we, <laughs> we both like, like sushi we yeah, both like podcasting that's about like it. traveling that's about it everything else yeah netflix one of us is bored that's yeah. it yes yes it has to be a situation where he chooses the movie one night and then i'll choose the movie another yeah. night. yeah so, we yeah. cannot choose it no forget it we'll be we'll be clicking through for hours figuring out if we want to watch something yeah but that's fine it's it's gonna work it, it works it's fine it works. it's actually fun like it's better said, this way we're never bored like so it's interesting yeah, yeah. No, it really does. And I actually, I don't think I would want it any other way, to be honest with you. Because when I think about the alternative, I'm like, that kind of sounds boring. Having like the, like a, almost like a duplicate of me. I would get so bored so easily. Like this keeps it, I'm constantly um, like on my toes. You know what I mean? About like, you know, everything, right? Like we like such different things. And it's just really, it's really, it's awesome, honestly. Because I just get to experience so many different things that I would never have experienced otherwise you know yeah um and he feels the same way too you know like he's getting 
he he's so cute he'll get into like now like um like movies and like you know like talking about like oh i really like that shot of like you know like that outer you know like um aerial view that that guy just did he's like that was a cool shot and like he's so cute like he'll now like get into you know like um all like the film stuff that i'm super into so that's a lot of fun now who proposed to who and how was that uh so i proposed and it was um it was a really great experience um you know when i had just decided early on that i wanted to have like a really fun event style proposal where all of our families were there my whole family's still up in Connecticut, and my whole family's up in Connecticut. So um, I had planned this for three months where I was like, okay, like this is it. Like I want to definitely spend forever with him and I want to marry him and um, I want to do it. And so I took money out of like my 401 and got the rings and I started planning a vacation in Orlando with him and I coordinated everything with both families um, getting everyone there and um, it was so funny because so the proposal was on a Saturday night or no it was on a Friday night and we arrived on a Thursday as well as everyone else so we all had this group chat of where we were you know, so that we wouldn't all run into each other in the parks, <laughs> oh okay? God. And there was one point where my my family and me and him were in, like, Epcot together. And they're like, we're in Germany. And I'll be like, okay, we're on the a complete other side. Make sure that we stay on the other sides of each other. <laughs> Can you imagine if we all just, like, bumped into each other the, the day of the proposal? Oh, my gosh. I've been so upset. Um, so, anyway, so... Um, uh we were at disney springs and i took him to there's this hotel that sits like right on the water disney springs saratoga springs and i just love that hotel it reminds me a little bit of like home it's got like a connecticut like upper new york um vibe to it and it was on this like pier lake situation and Honestly, we both just started crying, <laughs> looking at each other, oh. and because we both knew what was happening, you know, like he he also knew too, and he was so funny. He tried to cancel the whole event that night out of nowhere. He knew, like I think he knew that um, he said that he knew like something was like happening, and he was getting so nervous. He oh. was like, he was like, let's just order in. We don't need to go out to dinner. And I said, no, we're going out to dinner. <laughs> I made these reservations. It's me and you. We're going out to dinner tonight. And he was like, are you sure you want to go out? And then he started, like, being late on purpose. Oh, my God. I wanted to kill him so bad. And so so we finally, like, got ready. And then we're going. We're driving there. And I am just so nervous. And I could tell he was nervous. And it was one of those things where it was like we knew something was going on. But we weren't talking about it yet, you know. And, yeah. Um, yeah um, you know, I, you know, said what I said to him. And then, you know. I got on my knee and proposed and you know we were both crying and it was beautiful and then we walked into uh, we walked uh, over to Disney Springs to the restaurant where everyone was 
and it was just like a big beautiful surprise of love and you know he was crying because he had no idea that you know his whole family was going to be there so cool so it was just like a really really fun event and we all danced ate drank and just had a really really good time and then we all went to the parks the day after with everyone so to just kind of you know like celebrate and it was just a really really great time yeah it was just that's amazing thanks and um as far as like the wedding goes i mean we have been uh we actually just got a wedding planner because we were just overwhelmed with the whole idea of like a wedding and it was just too much and so um yeah right now we're still in the early stages but it'll definitely be in the fall of next year and um it's going to be in nashville so we're really excited about that and um yeah we have our wedding planner and um we're pretty sure we have a venue picked um and everything is you know going full stream ahead so i mean i i think you know like what's next for us is um just because uh, we just moved into this two-bedroom um, apartment before we were in like a one-bedroom so now it's nice we have like an office space you know where he can work from home i can do like you know like my you know school and film projects as well um so from there i'm sure you know like we'll want a house eventually pretty soon so but right now it's just about um traveling we love to travel together so um we had just gone to georgia last month so that's just like really what we love like you guys you know what i mean like we love to travel so that's really um you know what's up for us next um we want to visit peru because that's where you know he's from peru so we want to go visit peru i'm dying to go to machu picchu so that's kind of you know what's going yeah. on for us next you know awesome amazing yeah i love that <laughs> i'm so happy for you thank you i love we love, love. <laughs> yeah we do too <laughs> it's fun isn't it love is fun love is fun yeah yeah it, it is yeah i've got one last question for you before we close the episode um it's a question i ask every guest um if you could have a chat a conversation with someone dead or alive doesn't matter uh famous or not can be someone in your family whatever that you think is the most interesting person in your eyes who would you pick and why i'm torn between you can have two go on two um you know one of them i i i do believe would be lady gaga and Mm. there's um a couple reasons behind it um only because um like i said growing up i did not have any type of like idol to or mentor or anything and um i remember like it was just like her music consistently would lift me up and just be a way to you know express and you know it was just a way of like release and acceptance and love and she was i remember like one of the first artists other than madonna to you know like come out in support of gay um, rights and equality and i would just love to 
She's also extremely talented and highly educated too. Um, so I would just love to pick her brain um, about just, I would just love to actually just have like a genuine conversation with her and yeah. honestly, honestly, just tell her thank you because I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like she changed one life, mine. So, you know, I would just like to tell her thank you. Um, and then for whatever reason, I also, um, if it were a dead person, I think it would be Judy Garland. Um, one of my favorite movies is The Wizard of Oz, which I mentioned earlier. Um, and I like to watch sometimes like some of like her like super old, 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 like listen to like some of like her old like recordings that she had done and mm. stuff like that. And I would, you know, if I could, you know, her impact on the community, you know, is massive because back when, um, you know, like um, there were these, you know, like clubs that were essentially gay and there were a lot of them were actually run by the mafia. Um, you would call yourself a friend of Dorothy's um, to identify as gay. So um, I think that it was, it's amazing, like her impact that she obviously has no idea of, yeah. of what has happened, you know, for LGBT people, you know, that's why you hear, um, you know, there's a saying also in the community, your best Judy, um, and your best Judy is your best friend. So, you know, your best Judy, Judy Garland. So I, I definitely would love to have the conversation with her. I also would love to have a conversation with Freddie Mercury as well. <laughs> um, so the list goes on, but people that have made impacts in like my community specifically yeah. is where I would like to definitely hmm. take that too. Um, so yeah, that's a good question. Nice. <laughs> what about you guys? What was your answer to that? Um, mine is my grandfather that I never met. He passed before we were born and he's been dead now 40 years. My grandma still talks about him like, you know, she's still madly in love with him. That's going to make me cry saying that, but she's still madly Aww. in love with him. So I would love to speak to him and get to know him. Aww. I'm crying now. <laughs> I okay, you're that. too, Jeremy. <laughs> Um, I've, I was asked this question before and my answer was uh, Elon Musk but I think I would to change it a bit there's a guy I would love to pick his brain he's uh, Tim Urban he's a blogger um, he, he has a blog called uh, Wait But Why and he writes like massive blog posts that are like each of them could be an ebook um it's super interesting and and the way he works i'm so curious i would love to pick his brain about like his creative process and how he get the idea and how he dives into this whole rabbit hole and end up writing a book about a random topic because you know one day you woke up thinking oh, i'm gonna write a blog post about that like i yeah, would like love to pick his brain <laughs> he explains really like complicated things or things you would never think about in a really simplistic and easy way yeah it's insane yeah wow. so i would love to pick his that's brain that's awesome <laughs> i love that too yeah i mean if i had a never-ending list too i would pick all the creative influences that i've ever had too. yeah um, yeah. And just, you know, also pick their brain about that and be like, can you get me a job? Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. You just put in a good word for me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much for sharing your whole story with us and for being so open as well in terms of your experiences and just everything. It's just been so great to talk to you. Thank yeah, you so thank much. Thank you. 
thank you guys so much and i really appreciate coming on and anytime honestly this was great Good. thank you glad you enjoyed it <laughs> if people want maybe you know to get in touch with you if they have any question what's the best way to reach out yeah um i mean i'm on instagram twitter zachy cali z-a-c-h-y c-a-l-i and then um on facebook you know i'm more than happy to reach out i'm an open book too so any anything really and i'll make sure to link your youtube channel in the description so people can yes, watch please. your few yes. videos and the one that are going to be coming in the future yes absolutely i'm very humble about my youtube yeah. channel so please <laughs> yes, take a look i'll link it i'll do it everybody go and subscribe and give all these videos a thumbs yeah. up as well <laughs> show some thank support. You. thank you thank you thank you guys so much i appreciate it thank you so much Zach um, and for everybody listening we'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode if you enjoyed this one go and say hello to Zach go hello oh my god go and say Every hello time. to Zach <laughs> on social media and yeah we'll be back next week with a new episode yeah thank you guys bye bye bye